Hey everyone and welcome back to the It's Good to Talk podcast brought to you by Let's Chat on YouTube. So today I'm, d- I'm here with Steve who was a uh, member of the US Coast Guard uh, which is one of the military branches in the US um, and we're going to be talking about PTSD. Now obviously we've had uh, chats on this channel before with various other people. Um, some of them have moved over into depression, PTSD and various other things um, but the one that people always uh, seem to associate PTSD with although it is not exclusive to it is military. So I thought we would actually have somebody on that has that express um, connection with it so um steve do you want to just uh, kind of intro us about what your role was in the coast guard and then just kind of go from that maybe explain a bit about what you did sure sure absolutely thanks so much for having me adam uh, it's a great pleasure to be on here um you know as far as my role in the coast guard i was a um e5 which just means it's fancy talk for that i'm um, upper middle-class management. Uh, I'm a yeoman. Uh, specifically, if you guys don't know what a yeoman is, it's basically an HR rep for the military. Uh, but in the Coast Guard, in the U.S. Coast Guard, you're, you have the opportunity to wear many different hats. Uh, since I come from a Spanish background, um, I also became an official translator for the Coast Guard and also for the Navy. And uh, we did uh, a bunch of different things as well. I volunteered for some of the duties that um, I was a part of, but the there's, and we'll talk base, touch base about them later, but there's a bunch of different missions that the Coast Guard has, um, you know, in regards to its overall mission. So it's like drug, drug interdiction, uh, ICE operations, law enforcement, et cetera, et cetera. So I volunteered to be a part of that, uh, along with being an official translator for the Coast Guard. So that's kind of like what I did in the military um, and a little more and beyond. Yeah. So obviously with um, with the Coast Guard, a uh, bit of a weird one for anyone that doesn't know out there. I know there's probably some English people going, well, what the fuck are you on about the Coast Guard? <laughs> what was that going to do with military? Um, obviously in the UK, for anyone that's watching, yes, the Coast Guard is neither military nor law enforcement. In the US, it's basically both. Um, it, Strangely yeah. enough, potentially to an English audience or Canadian or whoever's watching, um, in the US, of course, the Coast Guards um, actually came eight years before the Navy did. Um, <laughs> and it's been involved in every single one of America's um, overseas conflicts. And it was the first defense um, in sea before the Navy was. So it was kind of the Navy before the Navy was there. So very yes, much very down much. the military lines. And then obviously, as, as you say, Steve, um, a load of different things along with it. So um, obviously, you've kind of been there. Did you ever find yourself um, in any of those uh, conflicts? Or were you um, more, as you say, you're kind of um, uh, middle management. So you did... Uh, what yeah. I would think of, the only people I can think of as middle management in, say, the, the UK military would be like um, recruiters. That's kind of how I see recruiters. <laughs> That's kind of the people that, are, you know, that are just talking a lot. But did you find no, yourself... No, no, I didn't. I, I wasn't a recruiter, uh, oddly enough. I wasn't a recruiter in the Coast Guard. Um, I did mostly the HR aspect. So purely... Um, you know, logistics, uh, not, not mainly logistics, but mainly logistics for people, you know, uh, management as far as like uh, personnel records are concerned, uh, awards, um, making sure that, uh, you know, proper procedure was held and 
in place. We had manuals to do things, payroll, um, so on and so forth. So it, it was a lot of different things yeah. um, uh, all in one. But uh, for to answer your specific question, um, there was... As much as you there, can tell was, Right, of course, of course. <laughs> um, so there was, there, there was a lot of... Um, a lot of different things that I was involved in um, and in the Coast Guard and some of the uh, missions, as I mentioned in the beginning, uh, include ICE operations, um, migrant interdictions. Um, Sorry, just uh, going to quickly there because sure. ICE may not make any sense to anyone sure, sure. that's English. So if you just so ICE, 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 uh, ICE uh, operations is a drug drug. Um, uh, drug interdictions. So like t- uh, taking care of like when uh, there's cocaine being shipped through a submarine, right? Like if you've ever seen uh, C-SPAN or any BBC sh- commercials, the water, yeah. they're underwater and you see the, the Coast Guard like jump on the, the submarine. Yeah, I wasn't the guy that jumped on there, but we did <laughs> see a bunch of those. <laughs> um, uh, you put it out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we did do uh, drug interdictions, but most of my career uh, was involved with um, migrant in- interdiction since I, I do speak the language, I do speak Spanish. Um, so we would interdict a lot of people uh, or our our patrols would be around the Haiti um uh, Dominican Republic, uh, you know, South America, Central America, uh, Cuba, uh, loca- locales. Um, I did travel overseas uh, to help, but it wasn't in regards to migrant interdiction. It was other law enforcement type duties. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I saw my fair share of stuff. Um, yeah with yeah. with migrant migrants i mean uh, well i guess we'll talk about it here soon but it, it was just it was rough seeing mm-hmm. others that are looking to make a difference in their lives only to be sent back to where they came from yeah i mean obviously uh we i mean we do have it here in the uk as well and and you know where i am in the uk a lot of people are kind of of the send them home thing mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. Which is very strange um, in my mind. Uh, yeah. I don't know why. A few different reasons for, for me personally, because I come from the originally from the county that's further down and actually nearer the sea than the one I'm at at the moment. But the, where I am at the moment is the biggest shipping lane in the world, um, which is always sounds really strange considering I'm in England, which is a small country, but is literally the, the busiest shipping lane in the in the world. And so, of course, we we do get. Um, immigrants that, that come through from there um and you do have that opinion not as bad as some places but of course in the the u.s um just in terms of size of land that can be crossed or by sea you're going to have more people um to deal with uh, purely because of the size of your country um you know you're what the fifth largest country something like that so um you, you have to deal with it a lot more um so when you say it's, it's obviously hard to see people was one of the biggest issues for you um because obviously we're, we're, we're looking at it in terms of, of ptsd um one of the hardest um issues for you to kind of go back on is that 
sometimes the people that you had to deal with weren't bad people, you know, because right. when, when you think of military, when you think of law enforcement, anything like that, you think of, right, you know, the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, that's the bad guy. They're the, you know, if there's a conflict, well, they're the ones that are attacking us. They're the ones, you know, if it's drug, drugs, you know, let's deal with those guys in the, the weird submarines, um, mm. you know, but obviously then it's it, with such a weird scope, you know, a very strange crossover of scopes for the Coast Guard. Was that kind of part of it? Because, um, and I don't mean yeah, to be well, disrespectful, no, no, no. Here, what, obviously what, your, your parents are from a different uh, Latino what, country. And so it, you yeah. have more, more of a connection potentially. Um, so my parents are Puerto Rican. Yes. Uh, so, so we're U.S. citizens. So it was, and I wouldn't say I look at it in that aspect, but I do have a connection to the Latino community. So that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. 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 It, I just like to, I always like to clarify, you know, yeah. me by now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, as far as that's concerned, I would say for me, uh, it was definitely harder to, uh, to disconnect myself when I would repatriate. And that's a fancy word to take people back to their country of national origin. Um, but uh, man, look at me, fancy words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, when it, it, you would take them back and um, I remember a specific incident, uh, which is easier for me to talk to you about now, uh, when we had a boat full of people, it was a 26 foot boat, 26 feet, as you may know, it's not a very large boat. It's a very small boat, but we had over 80 people on that boat. That boat was sinking. Okay. Um, it was in the middle of the ocean. We found it and there were people literally yelling at us to help them. Um, so we had to circle around a couple of times to approach the boat so that we didn't capsize it because you didn't want to go in rushing. Right. Um, so we pull up against the boat and, uh, I remember specifically, uh, a, a young, she looked like she was young. She had to be in her twenties or my age now, um, with, a, with her baby, her child in her hand. And um, she was extending her arms towards me, yelling at me to take her baby. Mm. And at that point, I can't, I can't do anything about it. I have to bring the mother first and then I bring the babe, the child on the floor. Yeah. Um, so she was yelling, you know, take my baby, take my baby, take my baby. And I had to yell back that I can't, um, you know, and uh Fortunate enough, it's not a, it's not a sad story. So fortunate, fortunate enough, um, we were able to bring them all on board our boat, um, you know, and, and feed them and rehydrate them because we have a doctor on board. So uh, we would set IVs in them and, you know, do field, uh, uh, field medicine. So yeah, yeah, field medicine. So we would get all the people that are dehydrated you know, inject them with IV so they would be refluided and they're not dehydrated anymore, feed them and stuff. Um, and then we would have to police them uh, to make sure that they didn't try anything funny, right? Um, so uh, we had to keep watch on them and, and all this stuff. So, uh, you know, that's, a, that's like a small incident, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it's, it, it, it is a lot at them. It, it does. It really does. Um, you know, 
one of the other things that uh one of the other things that I also um which is harder to talk about uh was during um I can't remember exactly what year it was I I want to say it was like 2008 2009 uh Haiti got hit by an earthquake and a couple of hurricanes right and uh, I kind of remember a, it, yeah. It was a huge uh, relief effort. Like the Red Cross was there. Um, you know, every, it, like everybody was there. Yeah. Uh, I was a part of that. Um, right. And we were the first responders. We were literally the first folks to arrive. You saw the uh, worst stuff, yeah. Yeah, that was, that's rough. Um, I, I was the person on watch. Um, and we're, we're coming in and we're, we're getting close to, we're about, I would have to say we were at least three miles, three to four miles out and, um, and, and nautical miles, right? Yeah. So three to four nautical miles out. And, uh, I'm on the on on the deck in front of the boat, and we have to keep watch um, to make sure we don't hit anything, any debris or anything in the water, or if there are a pot of whales or anything that's in the water. Basically, we just make sure that we don't hit it. Um, so we're we're navigating, and all of a sudden, I spot something from far away, and I'm just like, "What is that?" Um, and uh, it as we get closer, I yell to the to our um, not our CEO, but to the con, and I'm like, "Hey, slow down! There's something to our port side." Um, so then we we slow down our engines, and as we get closer, inch and inch closer, I'm like, "There's more stuff. So we need to slow, really slow down." Mm. Um, and uh, there was a horse, uh, horse head just drifting in the water, um, cows, animals. Uh, we had people that we had to drag out of the water that were bloated. Um, and it, it, was, it, was a, it was a nasty scene just, yeah. just coming in. And uh, I... I, I I had to yell when we saw a body, you know, like, Hey, there's another one, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Cause we have to bring them on board. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the only humanitarian thing to do is to bring them on board. And then we had to basically put a bag over their heads. Right. And trash bag. Cause that's all we had. Uh, we weren't expecting any of this and we had to line up the bodies in the back. And then once we got support, they would bring out the winter boxes and, basically stacked bodies up but yeah uh obviously, which was rough it was rough yeah i mean obviously when it's especially when you're first responding there's no one else going in there to clear stuff beforehand and you're seeing the devastation firsthand yeah. um, it's, uh, yeah, it was i was uh, i was like 21 22 years old as a looking at this stuff like ah, 21 22 years old you're out at the bar you're drinking you're yeah 
you know, doing stuff and me, because I volunteered for this, I'm looking at what I'm looking at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very different paths for, for both of us, Steve. I mean, I was an, a, a, I was an elected local politician when I was 21. So <laughs> I very much took it. I, I did not have to deal with that kind of stuff yeah. for obvious, um, Obviously, still, I mean, I saw people in shit conditions and, and fought for that, but nowhere near the same kind of thing. And mm. I think this is, this is at the, the heart of it and why we associate so much with um, the military and uh, PTSD, because I think the idea of seeing death, I think, is probably the thing that people associate. And so, mm -hmm. and I think the worst thing about how you've described it there isn't just that it's, it's death, because... Death is, is one thing. Death and, and a dead body is, is one thing. But it's, you know, it, it's bloated. It's, it's the, the fact that it's been at sea and you, you know the things about it and the fact that you are the first ones. You know that nobody else has been able to help. So it's very, it's very tough. I mean, do you see... Are there any of these incidents that you've had specifically where you've gone, like, that's where I can trace my, the start of my PTSD or that's where I can trace like the, the beginning of the end of my military career or, and, and actually, do you, do you think of this stuff building up as to be the reason that you came out of the military or was there a different reason or was it just, you know? Um, those are great questions and I've never really thought about it that way. Um, I've always thought about it as my sense of duty and that's something as you and I both know, Adam, it's kind of that, you're doing this as a sense of duty. So you don't really yeah. ponder on like, Oh, that was the reason. Um, yeah. For me, it was, I think the breaking point for me was when the stress level, the consistency stress level was um, over the top uh, as, as being the only translator on a hundred and uh, out of 120 people on board, I was called on mission after mission after mission after mission with no rest, uh, yeah. practically. And, um, you know, as, as I mentioned before, there's a bunch of different missions that the Coast Guard does. So not only did I do Marine uh, or um, drug interdictions, uh, we, were, we did also migrant, in, uh, migrant interdiction, defense readiness, Marine safety, uh, marine resources, search and rescue, aids mm. and navigation, drug interdictions, port and waterway security, um, law enforcement stuff. So, uh, you know, like a lot of people don't realize that, but like I, I was a part of a larger mission, if yeah. that makes sense. I was a part of a larger mission in which um, I was constantly called upon because of my skill set. Um, and I think I can trace back a little bit, I would say where, what was the tipping point for me was me falling asleep on a suspected drug cartels boat because I've only had, I only had three hours of sleep. So literally as we're there on the boat, I had someone standing watch over me while I got two hours of sleep on a boat. Yeah. And on that kind of boat as well, the fact, right. You know, that's, it's not exactly a restful sleep, is it? It's no, it's, it's more like hatch, you're kind yeah. of sleeping like this. 
yeah, you're doing that kind of flamingo <laughs> thing of one side of your body's asleep at a time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh it definitely I would have to say if I would have to think about it, that's where it kind of like I can always go back to. Like that's one thing that I was just remember off the top of my brain is falling asleep while someone's watching over me from our team to make sure that I'm okay yeah. to sleep, right? Yeah. Um, while we're on a drug suspected boat uh, because I'm running 16, 18 hour shifts. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just, it's for, for use of a better word, it's crazy. You know, the, the idea, yeah. I mean, I think we all know that, you know, there's, there's certain professions where sleep is fucked. You know, if you're, <laughs> military if you're healthcare if you're law enforcement you know don't expect to sleep properly um but to the point where you're you're having to sleep on a suspected drug runner's kind of boat i mean at yeah. that point there's and it's not even that if they they, they could be completely innocent but yeah. the fact is that we're on there because we know there are suspected drugs yeah it's kind of one of those like you know you're the only person that the boat needs to rely on to convey a message without conveying a message that you're there for a specific reason. So there is a ton of pressure on you as a translator to try not to tip off the people that you're currently trying to question. Mm. Uh, you know, it's just, yeah. It, it, it was it was a lot of a lot of pressure and uh you know there are nights that i wake up still in the middle of the night and i'm like <gasps> gasping for air because i thought i overslept <laughs> and i'm just like you know and i realized and it takes me a minute to kind of capture my footing to realize okay i'm not there i'm not in that environment right now yeah so i mean in terms of your ptsd then does that does it come like that generally is it is or is it you know far more a constant anxiety or you know because obviously everybody right. has kind of the different connection to ptsd a lot of what people know is you know from a tv show it's you know right, right. You see flashes but right. how how does it really affect you ptsd for me i don't feel like is what's the word i'm trying to look for uh it's not advertised that's not the right word it is not portrayed no um the words escape me but to describe what i'm feeling is like i feel like ptsd is given a bad rap because of media and everybody associate ptsd with being a lunatic or crazed or crazed all the time because of something that has happened to said person that severely affects them. And I'm not just, I'm not trying to downplay anything whatsoever on people who actually genuinely have that because there are extreme cases of PTSD. I fortunately do not have that situation where it's an extreme case that they're not functional in society because of anything may tip them off. Mm. Um, but PTSD, I feel like in almost in like any disorder, right. Has its different levels. Um, yeah. and I would say, you know, if I were to rate it, it's on a scale of one to four, I would say my PTSD is anywhere between two to three. 
dependent on the day, right? Right. Um, so like, uh, you know, there are days that I, I fall asleep and I'm good. I wake up the next day, I'm, I'm feeling great. Um, and then there are days that literally I could be in the middle of work and my anxiety just takes over um, and something just clicks. And I start thinking about things that happened to me when I was in the military and I start getting anxious and my breathing starts changing and I start worrying about things and uh, I get into a depressive state. Um, so it's like, you know, it, it really depends and my moods uh, change from time to time. I mean, uh, you know, Adam, we've talked about this offline quite a bit or even on, you know, another podcast is like, you know, some days I'm feeling really good and I feel energetic. And then there's some days that I'm just like F you to the world, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I kind of just kind of keep to myself, keep myself guarded. And it's, that's, I guess that's the best way to put it. I feel more guarded in my sense. Like I feel more like I got to guard myself yeah. because I got to stay on that high alert that I always have to feel like something's going to happen. So I'm always on guard for a lack yeah. of a better term. Um, yeah. If that it's, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's that, I think PTSD seems to sit on that precipice between anxiety and depression a lot of the times as well. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've worked with people who are, I, I used to work with a former para um, who was, um, uh, I worked on a, um, just like a burger van with him. Like it was a, <laughs> it was a street, street food. You know, we did, we did like, um, you know proper proper burgers proper street food right, we, used, right, right. we used to literally have it outside of mcdonald's just to piss mcdonald's <laughs> people would come out with a burger that was like mainly bun they'd yeah, see yeah, our yeah. fucking mega burgers and be like nah we have one of them instead <laughs> but uh, you know i mean he was a former para he's sadly passed away now and and well i say um luckily it wasn't suicide but it's a weird saying to say luckily not suicide when when you think about someone's death but so many people um yeah. especially me i've had i've had three of my friends pass away because they didn't feel like they were um, yeah supported yeah. right is the best way yeah. to feel like it's, um, it's, it is it is so off i mean we did say this beforehand and i will i will gladly let you rant because if anyone doesn't know <laughs> by the way and we will leave the details below and we'll talk about it in, in in a little bit but i appear on um on uh, Steve's podcast as well, um, twice a, a month on mental health. Um, so we've, we've talked about this before, but I, am, I know that you would like to talk about the VA and the support. So <laughs> why don't we talk about that? Because I mean, I, there's so many people, and actually there's a lot of people on social media that are ex-military to talk about. The one that comes to mind for me, and people never seem to realize he's ex-military, is bar none on TikTok. Mm -hmm. The guy who, who's basically, you know, get fucked come you know that's his that's his thing um, but he also has this other line and he started doing a lot of charity stuff for it which is you're not allowed to quit and people always mm -hmm. kind of go oh well you're you're not doing this for a real reason until somebody just goes he's ex-military his friends have committed suicide on him like yeah. he's he's had those thoughts himself he even does those skits like they're meant to be comedy skits but at the same time mm -hmm. you know there's there's pain there you know he literally makes right, the right. joke of um 
that he has different personalities and which one's in charge. You know, his petty side, his alcoholic <laughs> side. Um, yeah. And he talks about the fact that when, you know, he needs to deal with emotions, alcoholic side takes over, you know, and it's things like mm-hmm. that. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of support that doesn't seem to be there and people are finding support in different ways. I mean, how do you find support and what, what are you finding in terms of lack of support as well for you? Uh, those are great questions. So <laughs> it's funny that you're talking about, I won't quit. Yeah. It's uh, literally the shirt I'm wearing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I will is never. Is that from, is that, oh, it's not, it's not one of his. Okay. No, it's not. It's not, it's not one of his, but um, this to me is my shield. Every time I talk about PTSD, um, I usually wear a military, uh, pro-military shirt, something that symbolizes me. Mine says, um, in the back of the shirt, it says, you may see me struggle, but I will never quit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, there is a lot of different support mechanisms and I struggled a lot, uh, the past six years, I would say now six, seven years, um, trying to find that support mechanism that really helped me. Um, and it's very hard. It's very hard to find that, that support group. Um, and you know, there are a lot of, you know, vets out there and I'm talking to everybody out there, you know, everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I mean this sincerely, it is very hard to find that support mechanism that you're looking for. Um, and some people are scared because they feel like they're not going to be understood. I was one of those. I was like, no one's going to understand what the hell I'm talking about. No one's going to understand what I'm, I'm dealing with. It's like, why, why do you even try? Why even try? Right. Uh, I can deal with it on my own because that's what we do. We do it. We're military. We're toughest men out there. You know what we're doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's so hard. It's so hard. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as uh, a support group, the VA is a resource but it's not the best resource and they even know that. <laughs> and that's the sad part. Mm. Okay. They even know they're behind the times. It can't help everybody. So they just shove pills down your throat and kind of hope for the best. I feel like um, not everybody. I'm not saying everybody in the yeah. VA is like that. Absolutely not. There are amazing VA um, individuals out there that if you get the chance to meet them, listen to their advice and that's exactly what it is it's advice right it's professional advice um and be there and i'm not saying don't go to your professionals please seek professional help if you really need it but there are other avenues to do that right besides the va you can go to the doctor at the va and ask for a referral and now it's getting a little easier to get a referral and to go and see help outside of the VA um, and the VA will still cover it, which is something that I just learned recently um, after asking questions. So there are ways to go outside of the VA network that the VA will cover because of other stuff that's being covered as well. Yeah. Especially with COVID now um, they just don't have the manpower. So an avenue for me was to actually, it wasn't even an avenue. I didn't even start what I did to, for me. I started what I started uh, in, in, you know, in the, as far as podcasting is concerned for everyone else to feel like, cause I felt frustrated because yeah. there was not enough resources for people like myself 
to seek help or even talk about, you know, the VA and, um, you know, my podcast is not just a VA, it's not VA centric. It's, it's, it's not only about vets, right? As you know, you were, you've been on there every week, every time we have it, cause you're a co-host. So, um, you know, for me, it was mental health. I, I, I don't call myself a mental health professional cause I am far from it. I am a mental health advocate. And I will say that over and over and over again, I talk about mental health. That's all I do. I am not a professional, but I have a platform in which I feel can get my message out there to those who need it. And um, I've been fortunate enough to, to meet people like yourself, to meet others that need help mm. and have reached out to me personally and said, because of you and what you're doing, you saved me. And I feel like as far as what my mission is for the podcast, it's, it's doing what its job is, which is to be there for others. You know, uh, our podcast is uh, not your typical podcast. <laughs> it's not, it is definitely not a typical podcast. We like to rant on there. We like to rage. We like to talk to each other and call each other cunts. I mean, for those who don't know, sorry. Typical for me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, and we, we like to be more... Um, more like you feel like you're at home or you're at a lounge or you're at a bar talking to a bunch of people about your situation. And we will specify quickly before we go on the sure. word just, just mentioned there if you're from the U S <laughs> I realize that sounds like the worst word in the world. And I don't monetize these. So it doesn't matter about, um, about it being on these videos, but that word in the UK has two meanings. It is a harsh one, but it is also a massive sign of, um, friendship. You know, friendship. that is the kind of thing you will say to someone and it will be somewhere like a pub. It's like place. a, Hey bro. Like, yeah, exactly. It is exactly. We are, we are assholes to each other in the UK. <laughs> that means we like each other, but I just thought I'd put that out there before we carry on, but go on. <laughs> it's like a, Hey bro. In the U S you know, it's a, yeah. uh, it's definitely not a derogatory term at all. Uh, the way that he and I use Adam and I use it. And when I specifically say he and I, I mean, Adam and I, uh, use the, the term and we do that as a form of endearment mostly anything else because me and him joke about it all the time so you'll hear that word all the time thrown around in the podcast because we mean that in the most utmost respect for one another and it's like you know it when it comes down to it we're there for everybody and that podcast i started that podcast to help at be an additional resource and in turn i feel like you know, Adam, you probably feel the same way when you put yourself out there to help others and you don't realize, um, you don't realize that you're actually getting something in return. Uh, and it's not like you're looking for it, but you, you are, you're getting, uh, you're getting something in return because people are reaching back out to you, thanking you for even being there as a resource and that's, that's exactly um, the reason why I started it. I, I have the saying in the podcast and in my channel, 
in this pack, no one wanders alone. And that means to me that even if you think that you're alone, you're not. You have someone here for you. You have a community for there for you. And now we've grown from zero members, right? Now to almost a thousand followers on Twitch. I am literally 80 people away from a thousand followers in less than five months. Details are below, guys. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm literally 80 followers away from a thousand uh, followers. And I, uh, I'm a, in, in our Discord community, which is another resource, right? Another resource where you can reach me or anyone within the community after the podcast or after the, you know, the streams and talk even more and we drink and have a good time or smoke and, or not do any of that and just have a good time and drink orange juice. Um, you know, and, uh, we have a good time just to hang around and be there for one another because at the end of the day, what matters is, uh, community and making sure that someone is there for one another uh even when you think you don't have a person to reach out to because having those people that i've lost that were friends of mine who were brothers to me in the armed forces to find out that the reason why they chose a different path um was because they felt like they weren't there and uh i never want that to happen again yeah so i want i want people to know i am here and we are there for one another no matter what yeah i mean it gives it gives the chance to show others that that they're not alone but also the same thing to you as you say you get something back from it because as you said, before you went to the VA and, and many other people have the, the thought of when you're looking for help is that no one's going to fucking understand. So why, why bother? Why bother? No one's going to understand. So I'm alone because I'm, I'm, and you, it's, it's the biggest bitch of um, mental health is that it tells you you're going to be alone. And because it tells you that you end up being alone because you start to play out the bullshit that the demons have told you. Um, and it's just trying to get through that first barrier. Um, also, but anybody that's new to this podcast will notice that I swear, swear quite a bit. Steve's sworn a couple of times. And I allow this on my Twitch stream as well, because I obviously am on yes, uh, Twitch. Without the challenge. There is a big reason, at least in my mind, is... Swear words are proven to be very helpful. Well, <laughs> it's also because if I went to a counsellor or a therapist or whatever... And their response to me swearing was, oh, no, no, we don't talk like that in here. I would walk the fuck out because every emotion is going on in your head at once. Yeah. Every bit of shit that's happened to you, everything that is telling you that it is better that you are not here than you are here. And then somebody wants to tell you off for your, um, for your swearing. Fuck that. Yeah, if, you want, if you're coming in, if, as long as you're being respectful in how you use the language, I don't care because the whole point is passion brings with it those kind of words and i know there's an old-fashioned view from some people and i know mum if you're watching this i apologize um, but and i'm sure the Hi, same mom. with your mother yeah exactly um, but the, the truth is is that when somebody asks you in the pub now maybe this is far more english than it is american but i'm going to guess with military it's 
similar to English. If somebody is in the pub and you start talking about stuff and it's just an open discussion, you've had a few drinks and, you know, you finally kind of break down that you're not having a good time. You don't say, oh, you know what, guys, I've just had a really bad week and it's just been, it's just been <laughs> terrible. No, you just don't go, you know what, guys, it's fucking horrendous. I've had a shit week. I don't know what to fucking do. I'm in, yeah. I'm in hell. Fucking help me. You know, that's yeah. what you say. Yeah. Why am I going to change your reality terms like that and i, I think just, that's a good thing as well i f- i feel like and we've talked this and I'm, i mean we got to be careful because you know how i get on a rant about this so i just feel we like <laughs> you know i just feel like it it just it drives me up the wall when people have that taboo um mentality about mental health where like Oh, to talk about mental health, to even mention anything mental health, you must be proper. Fuck off, okay? First and foremost, but mental health doesn't mean you have to be proper. Who's in their right state of mind when they're well are going to talk about how they were not feeling well this morning and I am, I am doing all right right now. No, fuck off, okay? Yeah. First and foremost, that is the most like obscene thing I've heard like I don't understand. I, I do not understand that concept. Going in looking for a resource when I when I was like looking for a resource, I had that, and I think it's a stigma. It's a, it's a thing that that society builds right about mental health and the way that we should build it is like you know, you must be proper when you go because you see therapists and shows and stuff and they're like, please tell me about your feelings. And they're like talking about this and everything is proper and they're explaining things and stuff. And it's like, wait, 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 who then their right mind is going to talk like that? First and foremost, when you're angry, you're not like, I am very frustrated today. And I kicked the can down the road a couple times just to make sure that I wasn't feeling good today. Like, it's not 1952. It's, I mean, we've talked about this as well, is that for a lot of people, um, myself included, our baseline, if we are having not even a good day, but if our baseline emotion mm-hmm. is as mine is, is angry, upset <laughs> and angry. Yeah. That's my baseline. Sorry, anybody that thinks, you know, because I smile <laughs> and I seem chipper that, you know, I'm having a... No, baseline is angry. Baseline is angry um, and upset. That is... That is what I default to. Um, and then a day will get better or worse, you know. Um, and if that's the baseline you start off, you don't, as you say, you don't go, well, I was feeling very angry. So that bottle over there, I thought I'd kick it a little. It's that, that's just not what happens. Like, I, know, I know there's some Americans watching this thinking, well, Adam, that's exactly what you do. You're English. No, okay. Um, no. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not how it works. But it's, it's horrific. I mean, you've used Twitch, obviously, as you say. You've used Twitch as a, as a big resource for others and also as a as a help for yourself um and it's and a, a similar for me because of, of, of shit that's happened but it's it's a strange feeling but i don't know if you have a similar thing but um as long as i know why i am actually happier when i see certain people not come back to the chat um, and by that i mean if they've disappeared then i worry and yeah. I'm like, okay, something's happened. Right, right, what have right. I said? What's that? But if they come in and sort of go, hey, I'm just saying how I'm doing. I'm just doing. I'm doing really yeah, well. Yeah. I started eating more. Um, you yep. know, I'm I'm, I'm 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 putting on weight. Um, yeah, I'm seeing that ther- therapist and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yep, fucking yep. brilliant. You know, you yep. don't have the time. Your mindset isn't. I need to talk. I need yep. help because that's how people end up in mine. I don't promote myself. I actively mm-hmm. do not promote myself. Mm-hmm. So if people have found me. 
they need to find me. And so when people can then just be like, oh, I'm just checking in. I just want to say, hi, how are you doing? And then they're like, oh, I've got to go back. I've got a class or something like that. Great. Mm -hmm. Because it's almost, it's that weird thing of the more successful I become, unlike a lot of Twitch streams, the more successful I become, technically the less less people will certain people will come in, in and see me you know yeah, yeah. Uh, it's in the end it's just going to be a big chat between the, the <laughs> we do have some people who have been there from the start who just come in to support me which is brilliant and obviously that's great and they you know i've got one member i've got one guy who's been a member i mean i've only been there since august august 24th is my very first um stream so i've I don't know why the f people watch me for the, the, for the, <laughs> the banters, um, but uh, you know, <laughs> I've had one guy who's, who comes back every week and he has had issues in the past, but he doesn't come for that. He comes to support, which is great, but there are other people who have come and gone, but they still come in. There's nobody, thankfully, despite the fact that I have had people, as you say, come to me and just gonna go, I'm done. Yep. And that's very worrying because like you said, I'm not a mental health professional. I, I'm a mental health facilitator. Okay, mm -hmm. I talk about it. You guys look out for each other, and then there are resources on my website which I created for that, and they're on my my uh, Twitch stream as well. So mm -hmm. that gets very worrying. But luckily, touch wood, because I actually have got a wooden desk, and you know, I got no wood. one, no one has ever um, not come back at all, um, which is brilliant. But um, it is it is a weird position to be in, where actually because I don't game. There's mm -hmm. no other reason for people to be there apart from me, which is a, you know, <laughs> because of my own mental health isn't necessarily something I think people should fucking do anyway. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as you say, it's been a big kind of, I, it's not a crutch because that's a fucking horrible word, but it's been a, it's been a support. A resource. For you. A yeah, resource yeah, it's been, a, it's well. been a resource. Absolutely. It's definitely been a resource. Uh, Twitch, um, you know, has been a, a resource, not for me, but for, I don't know how many other people like mm. I saw analytics the other day that was us out, you know, it was crazy. Okay. I've had over 10,000 people watch me in the past five months. That's a lot of people. All right. Mm. I, one person to me was a lot of people. 10,000 different people came into my channel just to take a look at what I was doing. And, and listen to my to me rant about how like you know I hate this game or how we're talking about mental health like it's been outstanding and uh, you know of course you know it, it started off as a small mission something to give back to the community because I don't I don't use Twitch as a resource for for income yet mm. you know I I would eventually love to do that full time. Um, but it's not something that I count on. And the fact is that, you know, if, if I can help just one, and we've said this before, if I could help one person in chat, just one, I did my job. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that's what it comes down to. It's like, if one person, even if they're not vocal about it, right? If one person comes to my channel, never says a freaking word, but stays there, and at the end of it feels good, mm -hmm. then we did our job. Yeah. And I mean, I, 
I never check in on who's in my chat. I know some people do. I know how many people are there purely because I want to know if I've said the wrong thing and then it's dropped off. That's, that's the reason I see the numbers. But I never see who's there. And I only discovered the other day somebody from your community <laughs> is always there. They yeah. admit to it. They're like, I'm, I'm always on, on his channel. I never say anything, but I'm always there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that is nice to, to hear. And it's, I think, you know, if, as you say, we, any of ours just helps one person, that is one person that could have been your friend, mm-hmm. the people you've lost. If somebody had been there then, you know, you've mm-hmm. just saved somebody else that same pain. Um, yeah. Of course, this is stuff... And I mean, if we go into the, you know, the tagline for my channel, which is um, make sure to turn on your light first um, and turn on your light, which basically means you need to be in the right place yourself before you try and help anybody else. You need to be right. And it's the same for you. And, you know, we're doing this to, to uh, this podcast will hopefully help people as well, just to be able to even recognize that they can talk about PTSD. But you had to be in the right place. Yeah, and absolutely. of all the people on Twitch that you could say to, I need to be okay, it's going to be the guy that tells you to fucking look up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, last week we were supposed to have this chat last week yeah. and I told you, I, I can't do it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't, I can't do it. And, and the you one have thing, to recognize that. Yeah. The one thing I want to do is make it so that people stop saying fucking sorry to me as well. Because um, <laughs> I've had this. And like, I've had this. Um, call me Chris from, from TikTok. She's yeah. on like 20 million followers. Um, you know, she's massive. She's fucking busy. And she's done this a couple of times. She's done this podcast. Talks about her mental health and how dark she's been. And she said, sorry as well. And I'm like, you fuckers are busy. You have jobs. <laughs> like, you, you have to be in the right place because of yeah. obviously very triggering subject for you. And th- that is the thing. You know, you yeah. have to make sure to turn on your light first. And this is out there to any streamers as well. And I have to say, I've got to go back to Bar None on this one because he's made this point. Uh, because he lost one of his community. He actually did a TikTok about it that he lost one of his community. And he said it, it, he had to tell himself, this wasn't my fault. You know, he had to have that discussion with himself mm-hmm. to say, there's nothing I could do. You know, somebody had messaged him saying, you've helped me so much. Um, and he had the, I think the person's sister contact him saying, look, he was part of the community. You know, um, you helped him. And he said, he went back and he found the message. And he said, it was there. But there's nothing I could have said. At that point, he, he, he quit and he couldn't do anything. There was nothing he could physically do. And I, I understand the word saying quit to some people was going to say triggering. Um, I have been to that point. So I'm not speaking from nothing there. Um, different people use different words. That's just the one that Bar None uses because he's been there as well. Um, and it's, I think he uses that word to stop himself. I think this is the reason he tells that to everybody else is because it, that word to him is the thing that stops him. But it's giving yourself permission to realize that if other people are there, there's nothing you can do about it. There's, if it's got to that point, we can be there for so many people. We can keep trying, but at some point, um, you know, you've got to make sure you're okay. And you've got to just admit to yourself and give yourself permission, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and quit, quit, quit for me is, uh, it's a heavy word. It's yeah. a word that I don't take lightly. Yeah. Um, I wear this shirt because I understand what this, this word that I have here, what this word means to me. Yeah. And 
you know, I don't open up about how I feel or anything like that. And that's a conversation we can have another day, but I've been to a breaking point. Yeah. And it's not pretty when you're there and uh, all you need is just one person. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is that, I mean, I've, I've, I've been to the point where I've had everybody basically searching for me and when my parents finally found me, my arms, both, both wrists were, were bleeding. Um, I've been there, you know, I don't talk about why I've never talked about it on this podcast. Maybe in the future, I will talk about why and what happened to me that, that was the final reason. But the thing that, the thing that keeps me going is not, is not the word quit. It's a promise I made a promise to help some, somebody else. Um, and that promise isn't done yet. And that's the only thing. It's a weird thing that the thing that makes me want to give up is also the same reason I can't. Um, Mm. and that's, because I suffer from OCD, that is the most <laughs> fucked up thing in the world. Um, but, you know, it's very hard for that. And obviously, when you have PTSD and you are juggling from anxiety, which throws you back into depression, depression, which throws, yeah. then gives you more anxiety, the anxiety builds up and then gives you back into depression. Yeah. It's, it's hell, because what do you do? And it is, it's good to know that the community you're building, um, and I think you've said this before, um, about your Twitch is that you've got on Twitch knowing you're in a shit place, you know, probably when you shouldn't have necessarily streamed, you've, yeah. you've turned the camera on. Mm-hmm. And so far when I've seen you do it, you've then gone, okay, this helped. You know, the fact, I think it's like you say, if one person and it goes both ways, you know, that one person you're helping, but that one person you're helping could be you by the fact mm-hmm. that you see somebody else in your chat. Somebody else wants to see it. And I know a lot of people and anyone that's new to streaming, by the way, if you have five people average, you're in the top 5% of Twitch. And I know to some of you that seems low. Um, Fuck it. It, To me, at points, that would have seemed low. But then look back at where you started and realize you are literally in the top 5%. And that's 7 million people that stream Mm. now. And you're in the top 5%. So one person watching you, take that as this one person. could be from anywhere in the world that's taken time out of their day to watch you play Apex, to rant about mental health, to watch you bake a cake, to watch you create some art. But that is one person that said, you know what? And it doesn't matter. I, I know some people go, oh, yeah, but it's just my boyfriend or my wife. Who so, so fucking what? That means that is a wife or girlfriend that wants to be spending time with you, that wants to make sure that you're okay and is there for a reason. So it's always going to help. But I know that Northwolf kind of knows this. And as you, say, as you said earlier, you've got the Discord so that um, if you're feeling shit, you can just go into Discord because you know one of us is, is lurking. Oh, there's, yeah. there's a group of about <laughs> seven of us that at yeah. some point just goes in there and goes, anyone around? No, nope, fuck it, right, go to bed. Oh, you're yeah. around. You know, I mean, especially, yeah. <laughs> especially when it's like the, there's two, there's an English guy and a Welsh guy. And you'll always have um, me and, and Steve in there kind of going, what time is it for you, Adam? Oh, it's about 4 a.m. What the fuck? <laughs> um, you know, you just have those days. You, know, you have those yeah. days. And the fact that we have those resources there. And if you ever go, the details of both of our Twitches will be below, by the way. And there'll also be another, I'll give the link to my website um, resource page so you can do that. That is for anyone. So when you first go on the resource page, if you're from the, anywhere outside of the UK, you will probably just see, oh, UK or you, yeah. At the very top, there's a link. It says worldwide. Click on there, and it'll take you to a website that can help you no matter where you are in the world. So the, I'm going to put that on there as well. But if you come and check out um, Steve's channel, who is better known on, um, on Twitch as Northwolf911, I'm better known as Up for the Challenge on there. 
Um, and if you come in, come into um, Northwolf's or uh, Steve's channel, you can literally just put um, resources, and you'll find the stuff you Exclama need. Exclamation resource when you're in chat, and UK resources as well, because I do have a UK audience. So yeah. you know, when it comes to, I, again, I am. So that last that last subject that we were talking about with losing friends kind of got me all a little riled up and I'm like trying to fight back some emotions right now but it's you don't have to the um the uh you know when it comes to the the resources I want people to realize that I am not a professional I am a mental health advocate okay I will give you the resources if I have them I will let you know where to go. I will tell you who to talk to. I will, I will talk about mental health. And that's, that is the difference between me and a professional. I am not there to tell you that everything is okay. Cause sometimes I will tell you it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to feel like shit. It's okay to feel your emotions. Emotions are a part of living. And if you're not living, then you don't know what you're missing. Um, you know, there's there's a big stigma, as you and I have talked about before, uh, Adam, is mental health doesn't have to be a serious conversation. Uh, mental health, we can fucking joke about it all the time. We can, And when we talk about joking, we're not talking about we're making fun of the topic. What we're talking about is making fun of the stigma around it. What we're doing is poking fun at that stigma that, oh my gosh, there's, we can't talk about this because it's taboo. No, fuck off. We can talk about it right now and we can, we can you know, have a conversation like adults um, because mental health is not about uh, woe is me in the end of the world, right? Uh, mental health doesn't mean that your life is over and you cannot live through it. Uh, Mental health does not mean that, you know, no one cares about you now and now you're broken, right? You're not broken. You're not. And that's been my mentality. You are not broken. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it in the Japanese way, um, I, that's the way I like to think of it. If ever, anyone ever says they're broken and you think of the Japanese way of doing it, if you have a broken, and some of you may know this, some of you may not. If you break something, um, some pottery or something in Japan, the way they repair it, so if you're in the UK or the US, you might get some glue. You might, you know, you might get some, some Yoohoo. You know, you might just put it back together and nobody knows. Not in Japan. In Japan, you use a gold um, glue that literally shows you every crack. And the reason is, is to show you how strong that is and it's still there. It's to show you the cracks. It's to show you how well it still stands. It's still in one piece. It's still whole, but it's, there's, the cracks aren't something to be hidden. There's something to be celebrated. And I always like that about like pottery and stuff when you break it in Japan, that they literally, it's gold. Those broken bits are gold because every time you've fallen, you've got back up. Mm -hmm. Every time, every battle you've had in your head, the fact that you can tell me about that battle means you won it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not something to go. And I know the mindset for a lot of people is I don't want to keep fighting and I don't want to keep doing this every day. That's what your demons are telling you. But actually, there's a fucking general in your head going, fuck you. Those fucking demons have got nothing. We're, they're screwed, you know? That's the fight you're, you're, you're having. And you're never going to be able to um, give up if that's what your mind is doing. So I think... And you're never alone. 
You're never no, you're alone. You ne- you always alone. you always have someone there. You just have to be. I like to the way I like to um, express this is that all you have to do. You're never alone. All you have to do is have the courage to extend your hand. I mean, it's, I've done this, and if I doubt they are, but some of my friends will have had this text message. Um, but I've literally sent a message saying, I'm not okay to people. And I've got response, and then I've immediately ignored the fact, I'm just going, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Because I can't deal with the fact that I wasn't. And mm. I've, I've been the one that's come back. But you know what the good thing about that was is? They fucking responded. They said, what's wrong? What can we do? And they tried ringing me and they tried voice calling me. You know, even on my birthday, because of the shit that I've been through and they knew that it could be a hard time, I got voice calls. I got fucking, I got called by one of my friends like five times. And then, because they couldn't get through sort of voice message to just kind of go, no, you're going to fucking listen to me, basically. <laughs> um, and, you know, I know some people may see these little things as not that much, but they but they're, they're genuinely the can be it. They can be the whole thing. And there was a great, actually, I know I keep going back to TikTok, but fuck it. We, the whole world, especially from the UK, we're in lockdown. We fucking live on social media, let's be honest. Um, and on TikTok, there was a guy talking about the fact that he'd had enough of TikTok. It, it was bullshit. He was, he was just doing him in. Um, and he, he started his TikTok off, TikTok off by saying, you can stay for this. I'm not going to be controversial. I'm not talking about politics, basically. Um, and then he talked about the fact that he'd taken some time off. He'd taken two weeks off. And then on that day, he'd had two people message him to say, are you okay? And the thing that got him the most was that one of the people that messaged to see if it was okay was someone that had followed him on TikTok since the very beginning. And so, you know, you'd expect it. And the other person, the way he put it was the other person was someone that they couldn't have even agreed on the day of the week. Like they were absolutely, they basically were on there to argue with him all the time. But even they just went, are you okay? Because there's a different level of it. And that's the one that got, that's the, the fact that he had both of those people going, is everything all right? You know, are you okay? Meant that despite anything else, any other politics, and I know there's, there's streamers that I get on well with, whose politics mm-hmm. are fucking diametrically opposed to mine. <laughs> Especially in the US, because the US is by nature more right-wing than the UK. It just is. It is more right-wing than most of Europe. But I get on with them because there's a, there's a level of um, cultural mutual bias respect, and yeah. mutual respect and then understanding of, look, Beyond anything else, we're all human and fuck that other shit. Like, how are you doing? Are you okay? You know, that's, yeah. that's the thing that gets to it. And that's the thing that helps us all. You know, at, at some point, we're just going to go, you know, what's going on? Are you yep. okay? What's I mean, just, just like with you, I've learned with, with you, I've learned your mannerisms. I can tell when you're doing all right, and I can tell you when you're not doing all right. And uh, when you come into the Discord and we're just having our late night conversations, I know you need that just as much as we do. So it's, you know, I don't say anything and try to point it out because I hate it when people do that to me. But like, like, you know, I can tell. It's just like, hey, you're not doing all right. I got you, man. I can see it. I don't need to talk about it. It's an elephant in the room and we're there to be hanging out and not worrying about what's going on in your head, right? And to hopefully distract you from it a little bit, at least keep you from this world and bring you into a more peaceful one. So, you know, all you got to do is extend the hand and be there. Exactly. And, and, you know, you've got, you'll have those. As I say, the links are going to be below. If you're, if you're one of the half a person that's still watching, 
the resources. Hey, half a there. person is amazing. I mean, fucking hell, they're doing well. Half a person um, is still a person. Yeah, um, it's like those those the, the heads from uh, Futurama. You know, we've got one. <laughs> um, if you need their help, just us below. Okay, go and read the the random fucking blogs I put. Go and check out <laughs> North Wolf's um, uh, Twitch stream. You've also got um, vods, so videos on demand yes. are on our Twitch. So yes. you can see what we've titled them. For instance, if you, you know that um, the way the relationships work and being trapped and things like that might be something that you're, you, need to, you need to just know somebody else is going through. It was the last thing on North Wolf's um, podcast. And if it's actually you, the next one too. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I should <laughs> fucking know that, I want it. Um, <laughs> but uh, or if you want to talk, if you, you're there thinking, you know, you have OCD. And actually, this is something with the media because you're saying about PTSD getting a bad rep for violence, um, one side, OCD gets it the other way because people always see OCD as a whimsical little, let's turn the lights on and off 50 times. I will punch you in the fucking face <laughs> if a member of the media comes to me and represents it like that to me because it has um, intrusive thoughts. It is an anxiety disorder that specifically has intrusive thoughts and Bryony gordon if you're out there a member of the media that actually knows what she's talking about because she has ocd i thank you so much for the book you wrote on that the fact that you showed people there are horrific things that you can think or that you think that you may have done that have no basis on reality they have no basis on what's actually happened the same as with ptsd those things that you can imagine that aren't really happening anymore maybe never happened but that's the way your mind has twisted you to think but that you're not a bad person for doing it. Um, Bryony Gordon, for anyone that doesn't know, is the person that interviewed Prince Harry that time that he broke down in tears. Um, so she's, she genuinely, I may not, and again, I don't agree with Bryony Gordon's politics, but on mental health, she's a fucking legend. So I know you're not going to be watching this, Bryony, but if by some chance- Hey, you never know. You never know. Gone. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> that's the point. You know, there's, there's, um, there's always that kind of um, side of it. But if, if you- you know, you think about OCD and you think you might have it, something like that, then you can come to my channel and there's a VOD on there with me talking about that. You know, there's, there's always something you can, uh, you can see, you can find. Um, you know, Twitch can be a bad place and a good place at the same time. There's a lot of people that use, and I don't know if you've, used, if you've seen this, Steve, but there's a lot of people who now just use the tag mental health when yes. their stream has fuck all to do with mental nothing health. Nothing with mental health, yes. It's, and it's, it's, it's nothing to do. And that's, uh, you know, again, we're, we can be on this tangent all night, but it, yeah. in regards to mental health, it's I am not, not a, a mental word. health, I am not a mental health professional. I will not talk about mental health every stream. I will do it on my podcast, which is every other week. But that being said, if you come into my chat, while we're playing a game and you say something, mm. I will stop what I'm doing to listen. Yeah. I am a mental health advocate. That doesn't mean I'm going to talk about mental health all the time. Okay. Mm. I will talk about it when it's needed and I will stop what I'm doing. I've done it a million times before yeah. and I will continue doing it. Yeah. Um, and but again, that doesn't mean that it has to be serious, right? No. And we've, we actually had a beautiful, I call him a beautiful person. We've had a beautiful person come into our podcast once in efforts to be a troll. He's told us this over and over again to be a troll and we didn't turn him away. And now he's our biggest fan. So yeah. it's like, 
You know, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. We're there to be there for one another, even if you disagree with our views. Exactly. And if somebody's using that tag and you go into their chat and you just, um, you're just, as long as you're being respectful, you know, you're not being a dick, but you're just talking about, I've had a bad day. And they've got mental health in their tag and they tell you it's inappropriate or anything like that. They are the dickhead, not you. Okay. They're the fucking asshole. Do yeah. not think that if you've gone into something like that, that you're, because I know people this has happened to where, you know, it's been a case of they've gone into that. They've seen the tag, they've said something and then they've got into an even worse spiral because of the fact that the person has said, Oh, well, that's not appropriate for this chat. Fuck you. You put mental health in there. You deal with it. Okay. You, and I'm not saying that you're a dickhead for putting mental health in there because you may be a massive gamer. You never do anything else but game. But if somebody comes in there and they're having a bad day, you stop immediately and you talk about it. And that's great. I love the fact that there's people like that doing it. I, I know one, Raul89. There you go. There's a shout out for him on Twitch. <laughs> I didn't really know the guy. Didn't really know him at all. I think I'd randomly come across him somewhere. I, I don't game. I don't really watch um, the kind of gaming that he does. But I do hang out in his chat because I went in there once when I was having a properly bad day you know the reason for my depression my issues was what was on my mind and i went into it and i started talking and then i apologized i did the one thing that i tell everyone else for doing i said i'm sorry for bringing the stream down and he immediately stopped his stream and just went fuck off with that no you're important if you need the chat then it's here i'm here and that's you know there are people out there that are doing that and that that is great so just remember if they are there for you um great if they're not there for you it's their fucking problem for putting mental health in the tag you're not the one at fault okay if you're mm -hmm. doing it respectfully you are not the one at fault um but yeah we've we've kind of tangented around we have obviously stuff on the <laughs> we got we got we got on tangent again <laughs> yeah i mean to be fair i like that and it's why if you if you are one of the people that has you know that one person that's been watching me since the beginning of these podcasts you'll know that that's the way i like podcasts because to me um we go the other way. Like we said about mental health being too serious sometimes. It is very serious, yeah? We deal with literally life and death for some people. But at the same time, if we are so serious as kind of, this is what we must talk on, this is my script, these are the questions I'm going to ask, yes, it's, it's no fucking use to anyone. It's the same as in my head, giving someone with um, depression an appointment to see someone to talk to. I have yeah, massive I, That drives me fucking nuts, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm going to... I don't understand this, okay? No. The VA, when I first went in, and um, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. Go the for VA, it. The VA, when I first had the, the nerve, the nerve to say to my doctor, I think I need additional help besides my annual checkup, mm. told me, no problem. Are you feeling depressed? And I said, yes, I'm feeling depressed. Are you feeling anxious? Yes, I'm feeling anxious. So I went down a checklist and then they're like, okay, um, if you think you need to see someone right away, the earliest we can get you in is a week from today. Uh, if not, then we can schedule you out for three months from now. And I said, mm, yeah, what? Are you kidding me? What if I was severely depressed and I bullshitted my answer through, which is why I hate the checklist, by the way, on the, in the VA, where they're just like, tell me on a scale of one to 10, are you feeling good today? Or how many times do you feel like you're, you're, you're feeling depressed this week? Uh, fuck off, okay? Yeah. Like, no, 
Uh, I can tell you I feel great the last two weeks. Uh, what does that matter to you? Like, no, get it out of here. Um, that fucking drives me up the wall. I don't like lists. You know, if you're going to give me help, get me help immediately, especially if you have someone who's been in the military. I have known people who are way worse than I am when it comes to PTSD, and they're having similar issues to me. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I understand we have a shortage, but damn, like, seriously, you're not going to get this person some immediate help. You're going to tell them that it's going to take them a week before they can see somebody because they feel like, "Mm, uh, I don't have somebody who can work for you today. Yeah, it's such bullshit. It's such, I mean, the idea of appointments full stop just fuck me off so much because... And I know it's, you know, everyone loves this kind of CSI thing of, oh, look, they bought frozen food. That means this can't be a suicide. Fuck off. Yes, it can. The mind doesn't work like that. The mind does not go, well, I am, yes, some people do plan it out. I I have. Some people do. But the other times, some people will just out of nowhere try and commit suicide. And the next second, they'll be so pissed off that it hasn't worked, they'll just want to go to bed. Because that's how the fucking mind works. If somebody is depressed, if somebody is suicidal, if somebody is down with PTSD, with OCD, whatever it is, that that mind is not working in this fucking normative bullshit way that everyone assumes it to be. And just to go, well, we can fit you in at 11 o'clock on Thursday. Fuck off. Okay, a decent doctor or a decent health professional might give you an appointment, but at the same time, they'll go, however, in the meantime, here's a number. If you need to talk to someone now, please ring this number. Yep. We can see you then, but they are there now. You know, in they'll, the UK, they'll give us they'll no. give us the one eight hundred number, the VA one eight hundred number, which is the hotline, the veteran uh, hotline that I call. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you can talk to someone right now if you really need to. And I'm just like, fuck off. Who's gonna? If, if I'm here right now, yeah. get me the help right now. Like, don't don't send me home and be like, I hope he calls that number. Yeah, it's. I mean, in the UK, if they if they were worried about you, and this has happened, um, they will hold you under the Mental Health Act. If they think you're a danger to yourself, they'll hold you until their emergency until their um, I forgot what you call it. So emergency team basically can come out and see you, um, and then they'll assess you there. They will not let you. Like they will literally, if you if you try and get away, they will send the police to come and get you, um, and they will hold you to make sure that you're okay. So they can do that, but at the same time, it's it's there's a bit of bullshit with the appointment and stuff like that, but this is the problem, especially if you're get, you, you have something like depression or PTSD. And, and that's just in my mind, as both me and Steve said, we're not mental health professionals. We talk about it. We probably know a bit more than a lot of people the average because, person, yeah. because we've talked about it so much um, and we've suffered from different things. But in my mind, uh, PTSD and depression are to the worst for that purely because it throws you from one emotion back and f- back and forth continually. And so you don't know how you're going to be when you leave the fucking hospital, when you leave the doctor's point. And I mean, everyone that's ever seen me on Twitch and North will know this, that uh, my opinions on the American um, uh, health system in terms of mental health, go fuck yourselves. I don't care if you're a Republican, you think it's better. You're a fucking idiot on healthcare. I'm sorry. Fuck you all and come at me, please. I really want to see one of you <laughs> fucking go for it. Because, yes, oh, oh, the healthcare system in the UK isn't free. You pay taxes. You know what? Yeah, we fucking do. You know what you do? You pay insurance, which is higher generally than our taxes. And if you're wealthy your entire life, you never get that fucking back, do you? So you know what that's like? Fucking tax, dickhead. It's exactly the same thing. 
insurance money goes to help somebody that's ill, not necessarily you. Tax money that's paid into a, men- uh, into a medical system goes to help someone else that's ill, not necessarily you. They're the same fucking thing. It's just that one actually helps people. The other one, you get shot in the head, but you're not in service. Fuck you. You're going to die. Fuck you, American Health Service. It's <laughs> bullshit. The rest of the world think you're insane for it. Genuinely, the whole fucking rest of the world. China's looking at you going, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Like, seriously. People go to Turkey outside of your country to go and get better healthcare. Fucking People Turkey. go to Latin America. Yeah, Latin America. The thing that's always shown to you is being worse. They will go there because it is not fucking worse. It's better for a lot of things. Okay? And I'll have this rant because the problem is, is that, yeah, okay, if it's a chronic... Um, ankle injury like I have or something like that. It's not necessarily the biggest thing. If you have some money, it's not the worst thing. But mental health, when it's ignored and it's ignored and they just throw fucking drugs at you, like we know is the case. And yes, that happens to a point in the UK, but nowhere near what it is in the US. For drugs to go past the FDA, they have to be between 14 and 20% um, efficacy rate. That's it. There is music therapy that has to run at 35% in the UK. So fuck you at throwing the drugs at me. And that's not to say that the drugs can't help because for some people they do. But if that is your answer every fucking time to every serviceman that's coming to you, the VA that's coming to you anywhere else, fuck you, get another job. That's my rant over with that, I think. I think we're good with that. There are obviously services everywhere. The the US and the UK, Canada, Germany, everywhere has them. unless you're Costa Rica and you don't have a military, you don't have to worry as much. But um, like in the UK, uh, Liverpool, there's, um, there's a former SAS. I, I, I know him um, on and off because of um, a charity event I did where we did um, a lot of marathons. Um, he's ex-SAS and he runs a uh, clinic for things like PTSD. You know, he got the people together because he understands. Because the kind of shit that he saw as SAS means he, f- he fucking understands. Like he, he did that for that purpose. So... Um, there are those things out there. I'm sure the same kind of thing in, in the US. You'll have people that are former servicemen that, that understand. And again, PTSD isn't just for people from service, but there is a different type generally of, of that kind of PTSD and a different remembery and, and, and how it's working with you. So it is out there. I know I've ranted. We've both ranted. And I know if, <laughs> if anybody does bother to comment on this, you'll probably have a go at me for the fact that I dared to have a go with your um, medical system. Oh, you're definitely going to get the trolls to the um, Yeah, yeah, you're definitely. But um, fucking come at me because the level of not giving a shit about your pathetic views is so fucking low. There's fucks to give when, when I was 10. Fuck off. I don't care. You're wrong. It is not a debate because it's a debate you lost in the 17 fucking hundreds. Anyway. <sighs> all right all right, all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> i'm just so sick of it i'm so sick of the same bullshit because they don't realize what they're saying you know i'm paying money uh, um you're paying money and somebody else is getting your care exactly the same as insurance literally yeah. the fucking basis of insurance yeah and the hospitals make up their fucking numbers they literally have a ledger to make up go and watch and i wish i'd love the fact that it's called this because it's my name Adam um, ruins everything. Go and fucking find it. Go and find the reality of that shit. I really should start an English version. I really should. Um, 
I am the answer to every question no one ever asked, but the problem is, is you'll fucking learn something, okay? Um, <laughs> I'm not a complete layman on this stuff, okay? I know people might want to try and argue with me, but, you know, fuck you. I don't care. I just don't. I just don't. Um, and this, uh, just to finish off, I think I'm going to finish off because otherwise I, it'll just be Yeah, we're going to get we're gonna get rant. a beer for another two-hour um, rant. Yeah, yeah. So um, the, the one thing I, I will say is um, to, to kind of round it off, and the, the reason I get so exercised in these kind of things is um, I give a shit. Steve gives a shit. We will shout, swear, tell you to fuck off. We will do that because we actually give a fuck. And if you're being a dick in either... Um, Steve's oh, yeah, nice. especially, especially mine. Steve's, Steve's a bit nicer. If you're in a <laughs> dick in mine and I think that you're going to cause issue, you're gone. I don't fucking care. I do not care. I, there's... Fuck off and cancel culture. Fucking come for me, cancel culture. Fucking go for it. I mean, I will. I don't fucking care. Like, I will help if I can, and that is it. I'm not here to be a bitch that just listens to everything. Okay, I've said it before. Um, you turn on your light first. I'm going to make sure that I'm okay. Your bullshit comments and the bullshit of, um, you know, positivity and wholesomeness everywhere. Fuck off. Actually care. You know, those kind of things don't. And that pisses me off. If you need help, look for the people that are going to help you. A, a quote from Dumbledore at the end of the fucking stairs doesn't help you with your day. Actually find someone that will. I'm mm. going to let Steve kind of finish off because... <laughs> well, it was definitely a pleasure as <laughs> always, as always. I love our rants. Um, you know, I appreciate you having me on here. So uh, on this podcast, being able to share a little bit, you know, in regards to PTSD. There's a lot more that we didn't touch base here. And, um, you know, out of respect for the length of time of the podcast, you know, there, there's always time if you ever want someone to listen to, um, uh, I love to listen. Adam actually thinks that I talk a lot. I really don't. I talk a lot less. I ask a lot of questions, um, but I, I talk a lot less than I look, uh, but I am there for everyone. So if you do need someone to be there, uh, I, you can always check out our channel. You can check out our Discord. You can be there for for up if you want to go to up because he just swears all the time and you want to come to mine and you want to swear in there too that's great i welcome it uh if you want to be a troll i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of look at you sideways first before i act but then if i see that you actually need help which is mostly possible i'll probably welcome you in with open arms and talk about it challenge our views you don't have to you don't have to accept what we're saying here as the bible we are not experts we are individuals that are passionate about mental health and being there for one another. And that's at the end of the day, it, to me is the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we, we may well do a part two when um, Steve's in the right position to, um, to do that some point in the future. Um, Absolutely. We, might, we might well do a part two and get onto the stuff that we haven't got onto mainly because of me ranting. Um, but, <laughs> Like we say, we're, we're not experts, but we are there to, to talk to you. Um, you know, you can, you can go and be part of the Wolf Den or you can come and be part of the Hundred Acre Woods. It's, you know, I know it doesn't go with the brand. I, I realize <laughs> there's reasons. Come and check me out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're there. Okay. We're, we're there for, for a purpose. And if it is PTSD that you're suffering from, if it's depression, whatever it is, or maybe it's nothing at all and you just want to learn, feel free to come along. Um, but thank you so much, uh, Steve, and thank you all for watching. Yes, and sir. we'll see you next time.